Welcome to Prep Talk, the emergency management podcast. Find out what you need to know about preparedness, get all the latest tips from experts in the field, and learn what to do before the next disaster strikes. From the emergency management department in the city that never sleeps, here are your hosts. Hello, everyone. Thank you for listening. I'm Christina Farrell. And I'm Allison Panisi. And you are our listeners. And as always, we thank you for joining us. We want you to come back as often as you can. So feel free to listen to Prep Talk on your favorite podcast provider. You can also follow us on social media on our Twitter at NYC Emergency MGT, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and much more. Today, we are happy to be joined by someone who has been making history in the emergency management field. That's right, Christina. Deanne Criswell is the first commissioner of New York City Emergency Management who is a woman, and she is now the first woman to be nominated as the Federal Emergency Management Agency or FEMA Administrator. President Biden has nominated her. Commissioner, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much, Allison and Christina, for bringing me back. And I mean, it's truly been an incredible honor to be nominated by President Biden to serve as the next FEMA Administrator. You know, throughout my career, I have dedicated myself to helping people that have been impacted by disasters, as well as helping communities increase their own resilience to future threats. And I really look forward to the incredible opportunity to help evolve and advance the role of emergency management even further across the nation and to lead the nation's efforts to be better prepared for the foreseeable and unknown threats that we face ahead. Very exciting times. Um, As we mentioned in the introduction, you are no stranger to being the first woman to lead an agency, as is a testament to your role here at New York City Emergency Management as commissioner. And it's been quite a time. You've led responses to a blackout, heat emergencies, a tropical storm, snowstorms, and you continue to lead during the COVID-19 pandemic. So talk to us about some of the challenges you have faced with these emergencies. Oh, thanks, Allison. You know, it's been quite an opportunity since I've been here in New York City, and I've seen firsthand through many of these responses the disproportionate impact um, that is felt by our underserved communities, including the devastation and the inequities uh, that we saw across the city during the COVID-19 pandemic. You know, and as part of our COVID-19 response here in New York City, what we did was we helped to map out our most vulnerable neighborhoods. And this gave us an opportunity to identify gaps in our testing and vaccine distribution and helped inform where we would put new sites um, as we were standing them up. And then to even reach out more further to these communities, we also provided transportation to help increase our outreach and help more vulnerable populations get the services that they needed. You know, our response here required a strong collaboration, leadership, and coordination across all levels of government, federal, state, and local, to make sure that we had the right resources to meet our needs. And leading this coordination was really essential to our success in flattening the curve last spring. Some of our major lines of effort that we uh, put in place to support this were expanding our fatality management operations, supporting hotel operations for our healthcare workers supplying food for vulnerable populations, creating alternate care facilities, and then scaling up vaccine distribution efforts. Yeah, it's been quite a year. I think every part of the disaster cycle and every um, operation that could be put in place. So as we talk about the pandemic, um, you know, one thing that really touched all the workers here across the city is the changes in how we respond to emergencies. 
you know, we all went virtual pretty much overnight. And um, that brought up our own our own challenges in this environment. And we continue, even as people uh, start to, you know, things start to open back up a little bit, we continue to work in a virtual environment. So how has the pandemic changed the way response operations are handled in the emergency management field? You know, it's a great question. And, you know, what we've learned is that remote work has proven to actually be very effective. Um, I think that nothing can actually ever replace the face-to-face communications that's needed during, you know, extreme crisis response. But we have been able to to really take advantage of the remote work and the technology that we have to expand our capabilities. And the pandemic was our first virtual EOC experience. And this virtual model has worked well for operations throughout the year um, to include, you know, the ongoing response to COVID, to tropical storms that we had during the summer and to our heat waves. And so I think there's there's an opportunity for us to continue to use this new tool um, to help us do our jobs in different and better ways. And part of that and the success of that is really because of technology, which has been critical to our ability to create um, a shared situational awareness for um, our city partners, uh, city agencies, um, and others across the across the city. And with the majority of our staff that have been working remotely, uh, we successfully created uh, what I call or what we call a daily senior leadership brief um, that really provides a comprehensive picture of the ongoing COVID response and was a tool that was used to really help inform decision-making. And, you know, that's one of the critical roles of emergency management is to create this shared situational awareness. And this senior leadership brief was really the only comprehensive picture um, of what was happening across the city um, for the leaders in, in all agencies, as well as the city hall offices, you know, to help drive decision making as we continue to respond and now recover from COVID-19. I think it is safe to say that we have all learned a great deal responding to the COVID-19 pandemic. I also think it's safe to say that it has shown emergency managers everywhere that we are facing an ever-evolving threat landscape. So what sort of strategic changes could be made to make us more ready and resilient for the future? You know, you're right, Allison. You know, we just have to look back to last year and we are seeing more frequent and more severe um, natural disasters happen every year with last year having the most named storms in history as well as a record-breaking wildfire season. And so I think some of the things that we need to do is we need to be able to build capacity and resilience so we can reduce the risk and reduce the uh, physical impacts that we are seeing from the changing climate. And we need to address the risks that our changing climate is causing. And we need to understand that this is really a long-term investment. And we need to start planning for and mitigating against the risks for the future instead of really basing it on historical risks, which is a lot of what we have done in the past. And in order to really make this um, withstand, we need to make sure that we're institutionalizing climate change dynamics into our policies, into our planning efforts. And so it's a deliberate action and a deliberate thought about how we're preparing for future threats. You know, and I think, you know, from emergency managers in general, they need to start to put together the right resources to address these emerging threats. You know, our cyber risk could be our next pandemic. 
the threat that we haven't faced yet that could crumble our entire infrastructure. You know, these are the things that I worry about and the things that keep me up at night. It's that new novel threat that we must make sure that we are ready for. So one thing uh, with the pandemic is it has highlighted the racial inequities that exist in our nation. As we look into the emergency management field, we know and we see that there's still a lot of work to be done to diversify the field. Um, I know when you were starting in emergency management and, um, you know, when I started 18 years ago, diversifying the field, I think just meant adding some women into your operation. And luckily at New York City Emergency Management, I can't speak across the country, but here, uh, you know, I think that women are well represented, clearly starting with the commissioner and going all the way through the executive and senior staff. But, you know, um, just adding some some females is not uh, diversity in, in 2021 for sure. So, you know, and we've talked about this on the podcast, you've had a lot of work in this area, but diversity, equity, and inclusion has definitely been a top priority of your time here and specifically over the last year. So what are some processes that you have implemented? And, you know, as you think about uh, your potential new role, how might some of these be adopted in other jurisdictions or other areas of emergency management? Yeah, it's a great question. You know, and I think that we all have a responsibility to ensure that there is equity across all emergency management operations, both internally on how we organize and we recruit and we promote, as well as externally and how we deliver our programs. And especially, as I mentioned, you know, to those underserved communities that often are the ones that are most disproportionately impacted. You know, and we had a lot of discussions last year um, after some of the civil unrest that we saw and I listened to the staff and, and some of the ideas that they had. And, and one of the recommendations that they came up with was creating a diversity, equity, and inclusion council. And so that's what we did here at New York City Emergency Management. And I think this is something that other jurisdictions could benefit from as well. The whole purpose of the council is it's intended to help foster representation in our workforce across all of those dimensions of social and cultural identity, as you mentioned, Christina. And then to practice equity and inclusion in how we work with one another, as well as deliver our emergency management programs. One of their first actions was holding unconscious bias workshops for all of our employees here at New York City Emergency Management to help bring awareness to the impact that systemic racism has had on our employees and really give us an opportunity to have frank conversations and dialogue and just to be heard. So building on this discussion on diversity, equity, and inclusion, Commissioner, what advice would you give to women and men who may be interested in pursuing a career in the emergency management field or in public safety in general? You know, I think it is such a great time to be in the field of emergency management right now. I am I'm so passionate about the, the discipline of emergency management, and I think that there's so much opportunity to continue to advance it going forward. You know, I have spent the majority of my life in public service, and there is nothing more rewarding than being able to help people before, during, and after disasters. It can be very challenging at times, but it is also extremely meaningful, very exciting. And this growing profession, I think, is one that, um, that we should promote more and get more uh, young adults interested in pursuing for their future. So as it appears that your time here at the helm of emergency management in New York City is drawing to a close, uh, when you think back on the um, past two years, what are you most proud of when you think about your time leading our agency? 
You know, thanks so much for asking that, Christina. You know, first, I think leading New York City through the COVID-19 response was one of the biggest challenges of my career and a response that I am the most proud of. Uh, we had a number of successes as we, we went through the last year, um, leading the coordination across the federal, state, and local levels, ensuring that the right resources were in the right place and at the right time taking care of our people here, make, making sure that we provided for their personal and mental health needs during these trying times. And then we took an equity lens from the very beginning of our response, from testing sites to even installing air conditioners last summer so we could help protect those that are most vulnerable to COVID-19 as well as summer heat. And now we're providing for equitable vaccination sites and you know, I think that this response, I have learned personally so much from our response here in New York City, and, I, and I'm hoping that I can take a lot of these lessons learned with me um, into my future role. Speaking with Deanne Criswell, New York City Emergency Management Commissioner and FEMA Administrator, any final thoughts before we go into rapid response? You know, I just wanted to, to one, thank you both for um, having me on again. It has been such a privilege to serve as the commissioner here at New York City Emergency Management for the last nearly two years. Um, the people of New York City Emergency Management are some of the most talented I have ever worked with. And I'm very excited to see where their futures are um, and look forward to working with everybody in the future. Wonderful. It is rapid response time. And if you are a first time listener, it's simple. Christina and I will ask questions and our guest will give the first answer that comes to mind. But before rapid response, here is a message from New York City Emergency Management and the Ad Council. Your daughter doesn't want to talk about why her room is a horrible mess. Your son doesn't want to talk about why he's wearing mismatching socks. Your spouse doesn't want to talk about their bad haircut. Families don't have to talk about everything, but they should talk to plan for an emergency. Pack basic supplies in a go bag, water, canned food, flashlights, batteries, medical supplies, IDs, and some cash. Talk about where you'll meet in case you lose one another. And of course, don't forget to pack the dog treats. Talk to your family and make an emergency plan. Go to nyc.gov slash readyny or call 311 to make your family's emergency plan. Brought to you by New York City Emergency Management and the Ad Council. It's time for Prep Talk Rapid Response. Okay, uh, we're back and we're doing rapid response with Deanne Criswell, New York City Emergency Management Commissioner. Uh, what is one emergency item that you cannot live without? You know, Christina, I guess I'd, I'd just have to say my go bag, which has all of the critical things I need to take with me in a hurry if I need to leave the house. For sure. And one thing I'll say is that go bags have been updated over the past year, right? People have masks and hand sanitizer and all kinds of things in their go bag that may not have been, um, you know, usual, but uh, we change with the time. Commissioner, do you have a favorite food or dessert? Oh, my favorite dessert without question is vanilla ice cream. And I know, I know you're a runner and, uh, you know, you hike from time to time, activities when you may be listening to music. What's your favorite song or artist 
that you listen to when doing these things? You know, I would say right now over the last year, I've been listening to the song Rise Up. I can't remember who the artist is, but it's been a really inspiring song as we have uh, faced these challenges of COVID-19 over the last year. Good answer. Um, I know you have a really adorable dog named Wilson. Um, He may be part of this question, but what is your go-to to unwind? He is my go-to to unwind. Uh, Without a doubt, Wilson is my therapy, and I love to just take him on long walks. Okay, last but not least, sum up the work you do in one word. Mm, Meaningful. Great answers. Speaking to Deanne Criswell, New York City Emergency Management Commissioner and Senate-nominated FEMA Administrator, thank you for your leadership and your time speaking with us on Prep Talk. Thank you both very much. So the last thing I wanted to say, I don't know if you saw this, but I think we mentioned this on the first episode you were on back in July of 2019. Um, but the good news uh, for my fellow Survivor fans is that Survivor has started taping again. And so sometime in 2021, if you find time in your busy schedule, it seems like there will be a new, I think it's season 41. Yeah, but there will be a new Survivor season for all the Survivor fans to watch. So I will leave you with that. And I want to thank you for your leadership and for coming on the show, um, you know, several times to help us prepare New Yorkers. I'm excited. Season 41. That's great news. We like to end uh, and prep talk on an, on an up note. So thank you. That's this episode of Prep Talk. If you like what you heard, you can listen anytime online or through your favorite RSS feed. Until next time, stay safe and prepared.